Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. We're on episode 18, and on today's episode, we welcome Josh Hunt, creator of DestinySets.com, and we'll discuss the latest news from Bungie headquarters and discuss the best strategies for getting ready for the upcoming Scourge of Sorrows raid, so you're ready to go on day one. And today... We welcome Josh Hunt. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me uh, come on and talk. I've been using your website for a really long time, and you <laughs> have helped me alleviate a great ton of frustration with Destiny and keeping myself organized and knowing what I have and what I'm missing. So that way, I'm chasing after the right stuff. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about Destiny and what you do. And no worries, man. No worries. And then, of course, we also welcome my co-host, my best friend, and our birthday boy for the episode, Shadow Price. Welcome, and thank you for being back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Another uh, exciting Exciting week in video games and destiny. So, you know, it's uh it's a really awesome time to be a gamer. E3 is almost upon us. And uh opulence will be here before we know it. So yeah, it's uh all happening. It almost feels like everyone is starting to kind of get back to destiny because people from our clan who kind of disappeared for quite some time, they're starting to reappear and come out of their shell and they're playing destiny again and it's exciting that people are coming back and we have things to chase after and things to do in destiny and before we know it new content will be out so i'm really really excited to be playing destiny again and getting excited about so many things that are coming with the game and we'll even talk about some of the controversial things that are going to be coming in terms of sandbox changes that came out with the really late weekly update as usual <laughs> yep but before we dive into all of the action from bungie 
I want to remind our audience that you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Podbean, and more. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And now that we have that out of the way, me with my shameless plug about the Destiny Show podcast, I want to, of course, again, welcome Josh Hunt for our discussion with the Guardians. And we're going to put Josh on the hot seat tonight and learn a lot more about him and what he does. And we'll learn about some of the challenges that come with developing such a pretty massive website like destinysets.com and what it takes to make everything work and function the way we get all of these apps and appreciate them but never really understand how they function on the back end yeah no thanks for uh thanks thanks for having me here yeah absolutely man so josh let's begin and to start the conversation, I wanted to ask, how did you get started playing Destiny? Ooh, I can't, honestly, I can't remember how I very initially got into it. Um, I wasn't a really big uh, uh, video game person all the way back then, but uh, it was, I was, I was playing the beta D1 back on Xbox. Um, just I got into it fairly late in the weekend. I think like the, the moon opened up like later in the beta period. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I got on like just for that weekend or or something like that, but since then been been fairly hooked and uh, been around since then. Yeah, you know, hearing about that time in Destiny it just makes me smile. <laughs> like that was honestly the best time in Destiny. I remember that. That's where it all began. They opened up the moon very briefly, and it was like, yes, we got half the game during the beta, but. Fuck it. It makes Destiny special. It makes it so awesome. Simple times. The whole Destiny experience is such a massive and such an awesome world that we really didn't really have before. Was there yeah. also, like, did they trickle out Iron Banner? I think during that uh, beta period, too. Like, there, wasn't there, like, a stealth Iron Banner, like, event that happened for, like, a day? I think I remember maybe there was, like, some... Some yeah, there was like some little like PvP day or something like that. Yeah, I mean, because they had the standard crucible, but if I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not for you know, recalling, I I, I think they did have an Iron Banner of like just like a small, like maybe few hours of like Iron Banner thing. But yeah, yeah. it was it was cool. Like that that's where it all began, and that's where all all our uh, our addictions started. <laughs> beta days now josh did you play any game from made by bungie before destiny or was destiny the first one that you played yeah no i mean i remember i remember playing uh halo 2 i don't think i played the first halo but halo 2 back yeah. on xbox is definitely okay. like too. yeah in that and i we never got like a as a kid like we never never upgraded to the xbox 360 so then eventually when i when i, when I left home uh went to uni got a got a 360 got halo 3 and and and, and really got into more of that very cool 
yeah, you know, I think that we all have kind of a similar story, and I've talked to quite a few Destiny fans now, and we all come from a, a game that Bungie made in the past, and we wanted to kind of continue the journey with them and see what it's all about. I think that for us, it took me a little bit of convincing of Shadow Price, but it didn't take long before he started playing for him to realize that's a place he wanted to call home. And we kind of played the game together ever since then. Like, it's such an incredible journey to go on with your best friends and you meet so many cool people along the way. And there's such a great community around it, too. Mm. I think the Destiny community has probably some of the most passionate individuals in it and also some of the most talented people some of the most amazing creators like yourself and the people who make dim and the uh people who put out such incredible lore content like focused fire chat and my name is bife and mylian games they're all so incredible there's so many incredible creators in this space who are making such awesome content People who are with raid secrets and everything, yeah, raid and, secrets. We and the Reddit's who's sur- solving the uh, crazy puzzles that Bungie plays out there and everything. You know, so it's a testament to how the community can come together in such a big way to solve pretty big challenges that Bungie is throwing at us, and we just saw that they continue to make things fun. I don't think too many people have complained about the zero hour mission. And yeah, it's pretty cool. It's galvanized people. It's brought people back to the game. You see more people and the directory streaming on Twitch and everything like that, you know, cause it was a community effort to solve those puzzles and stuff. So absolutely. And Josh, so do you have, a group of friends that you play destiny with or do you yeah normally play solo? yeah no have uh have have our clan uh bc30 all all met and organized through the the 100 uh io you know one of the uh Very one cool. of the really cool oh yes i've sets. heard of them uh yeah. they're great great people that uh i met and found and played with play with on the regular through there it was really great seeing uh it was really cool seeing over the past uh couple of weeks all past past week and a bit uh you know the the friend list the clan list like light up with action again uh with zero hour and everyone popping on to to do that loads of fun yeah i first heard of uh, io uh through i think guardian radio i think that's where i first heard of that uh that website yeah i look i i credit that i credit that website and finding a, a fire team to really uh uh boosting my my interest and and uh, enjoyment from destiny over the past uh year and a half definitely but better or worse right right yeah because the game is better when you're playing like, with other people 100 percent. yeah yeah no, absolutely and i think i can i can say that uh shadow price will agree with me on this one but uh, it's been kind of challenging finding like a serious raid group who you can actually pursue a day one completion with the upcoming Crown of Spires, a Crown of Sorrows raid. 
<laughs> it's funny you want to take all the rage of Frankenstein <laughs> their names together. <laughs> that would be pretty fun. That would be a cool DLC, right? If they actually put raids together. Imagine like I'll a tokenized vault of glass, maybe, or or a vault of glass infested with Siva. How would that be? Or Crota mixed with like uh, Leviathan or something like that. What if Crota and <laughs> Leviathan had a baby? Hmm. Imagine. Or Wrath and Machine and like, you know, Scourge of the Imagine Past. if Callus knocked up though, one so. of the daughters. No, hey. that's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's bad. Eat. <laughs> We're now becoming like uh, the Destiny Addicts podcast. Shout outs to Bushman Bob. <laughs> doing some great work he's a really great podcaster mm. out there really good guy but no we're not that edgy yet we're just slightly <laughs> we just had a little too much coffee that's all don't hate but uh josh mm. so i'm curious to learn how did destiny sets become a thing how did that all start yeah it's look it's a it's a uh, it's a long story. Initially, it actually came from D one. It's been around since D one. Uh, it it wanted to solve a problem for me with uh, back when back with strike specific loot in D one, and there were those skeleton keys that you could use for an extra drop at the uh, at the loot from that gear. I would always find myself at the end of the strike being like, "Have I got this weapon or the the loot from this gear? The the loot from this strike." Should I use a key? Should I waste a key? So I built destiny sets to kind of just show the loot that came from each of the strikes and to answer that question, to help me answer that question, like, should I use a skeleton key here? And so it was a lot more focused on, like, what is the current activity you're doing? It pulled that from the API. Uh, but that was kind of the, that was kind of like the, where it started from, you know, and then with Wrath the Machine and had a very similar mechanic with the, those Siva cache keys, I believe they were. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, but then, you know, uh, D2 came out, uh, Destiny 2 came out, it's a different game, different mechanics. Uh, so it kind of required a, a, a site that had a bit of a different spin. Uh, on what was ultimately the same core concept, you know, of like a checklist of your gear. Uh, but then I was able to expand it out to basically, uh, ideally, all the gear that you have in, in the Destiny universe uh, and forming a checklist to, to see what left is out there for you to get uh, and then to kind of check over what you do actually have. That's very intuitive. Like, that's such a really useful tool. Like... I was just talking off, you know, before we started podcasting, like I had never been on there before because I was worried about being spoiled about things I haven't obtained in the game yet. But the way it's designed is in such a, you know, very clean and it's clever and it's just it's very, very, very like well put together. Yeah, it's clean and simple and it's without club clutter. Yeah, there's no like extra yeah. stuff that's not really needed to be there. Yeah, it's very it, to the yeah. point and everything that I need is right there. And actually, it's funny how you described your story about how destiny sets came to be a real thing. Because for me, my story is kind of similar in that I was frustrated that I didn't really have a 
really meaningful and easy and simple way for me to manage all of my things and know what I have and what I'm missing. And I did not really know how to solve that problem. For me, I couldn't code like you, so for me that wasn't really an option. But it's really cool that you came up with the idea and you made it happen. And here we are today, right? Now, when did Destiny Sets officially launch? Uh, I honestly couldn't. I should have looked it up before I came on here. Hey, <laughs> uh, it was before, bef definitely before um, uh, Wrath of the Machine. That is all I could probably wow. say. Nice. Um, yeah, that was a while ago. So probably bef between like Taken King and and uh, yeah, Rise of yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about there was there was a, there was a particular change and enhancement uh, that Bungie uh, put into the API to help a lot more third party websites like this exist. Um, and my site uh, it directly used that. It, it wouldn't have been possible without that. So if I looked it up, it was probably probably uh, pinpointed a bit more. But yeah, I think that I think that's that's fair. Now, what would you say are some challenges that you faced with building such a complicated tool like Destiny Sets? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the first thing is, right, that it's a, it's a side project. So, you know, managing my, my personal time with it. I've got, to man I've got to balance, like, my actual work and, and actually playing Destiny and then coding for it and then, you know, keeping all of that in a nice, healthy balance. Uh, but then other than that, like, you know, Destiny is a complicated game. Uh, so, and the API does a lot of work. The, they, they, the, there's some really smart people over there at Bungie that do a lot of hard work to hide the complexity of the game and to make it easy uh, for us to kind of consume the different parts of that. But there are some, but there are some like small little facets where it does get really tricky to, to find specific data and things that you're after. Uh, like a really good example of that is the masterwork catalysts on exotic gear. Uh, the way the way the the way the Bungie backend systems work, or not that I know myself, but like the work I glean is that like the the catalysts are kind of kind of shoehorned in, and so it makes it really tricky to understand the state of a of a of a exotic weapon, whether it has a masterwork. Because uh, you just think as well, like a like a catalyst can drop, and then you can like you can like insert like an unfinished catalyst or something like that, and then there's like all there's all these various like complicated parts of that state, and and it's it's quite tricky to get it all right and build that in. Yeah. Um. How long uh, would you say from proof of concept to the final product did it take you to? construct that uh well specifically specifically so there there is a section of the site for uh for catalysts on there um i was i was thinking about that for for a couple of weeks i just had it kind of like in the back of the mind again because of like a that problem i well that problem i saw in the game where like i was like getting frustrated with oh it's 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 hard for me to see my progression on these catalysts so that was ruminating in my mind of how okay how could i solve this with code it's what developers often think when they see real world problems um so then i think i think it was like a maybe a week on or off like after work 
um, and, a, and a good solid weekend of like really trying to nut out, dive into the code and, and talk to other fellow developers. Um, so I talked a lot, uh, Nigel, the guy that runs the, that builds the Ishtar commander inventory app. Uh, he had recently done a lot of work with the masterwork, uh, catalysts. So I was able to talk to him and get some advice and help on him on the more technical sides of it. Um, but yeah, I'd say like a good, good, good week weekend, uh, on specifically on something like the catalysts. It's really cool. Yeah, I think that uh, the Catalysts feature has been so useful for me personally because I don't think to this day Bungie has a really useful way for you to see which Catalysts you have and don't have and manage all of that in a useful manner. And I think your website actually lays everything out perfectly where I get the information that I need. Definitely trust and you. It's, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's super useful. I use it all the time. You can ask Shadow Price. I talk about it pretty frequently when we play Destiny and I need to check things out. And I always refer back to your website. Mm. Oh, thank you. No, dude, thank you. <laughs> thank you for creating it. Like, It's amazing that we have smart people like yourself who can code in such a way that it all just works together mm. like connecting apis and coding like that's pretty complicated stuff mm. yeah no it's well it, it's good i mean like i like to think that uh you know that one part of it's like if, if not me someone else will will kind of like jump into to fill a gap but but really like you know the way i can look and think about this is that like if I like, if I play Destiny and I kind of like have this like frustration, uh, I have the ability to to kind of like put my fingers on the keyboard and, and and type out code. So, and I'm sure if if I have this frustration, and then other people would. So, um, I can do something to kind of give back and and help others out to solve the same kind of pain points that I I have myself. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, it's really really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Now I have a question yeah, sure. about the catalyst. Um, I'm actually on, you know, looking at the page right now with the yeah. catalysts and everything. Now it's saying for ones that I have that I know I've gotten, I know I have the Jade Rabbit one, but then it yeah. says missing data. Destiny sets can only see catalysts and masterwork data for exotics and inventory. So I have to equip that. Yeah. To be able to well, I mean, and, and I, I guess this is the other. This is the other like tricky part. Um, a lot, a lot of the features that that the the limited resources at Bungie that they 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 apply to develop the API, um, first and foremost, they build mm. the API for their for their use, their first party use. So they don't have gotcha. a catalyst section in their app. So therefore, like kind of like the APIs, they, they it is a bit tricky there to get this kind of data out of there. So there isn't there isn't a way to actually ask the API exactly like like hey like what catalyst does this user have where's their progression for it so instead what we need to do is kind of like gleam under the covers and poke and prod and so the only way for example to get like the catalyst stuff is to look at uh, weapons in your inventory so like if you don't have Rat King in your inventory then I can't even like then then we can't even look at 
look to see whether you've got that catalyst yet or not. So. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good to know. That's a really clever way to go around Bungie not having an API for catalysts. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that was back before collection, before the Forsaken uh, brought collections. There was no, it was, it was really hard to see like what emblems or things you've unlocked. Uh, but a trick I kind of, a trick I learned was you could look at uh, the vendors from that user and the vendors would tell you whether you can purchase an item and like you couldn't, if you, if you could purchase it, it means you'd unlocked it. So I kind of like, I gleamed at that as a signal that, oh, hey, this user has unlocked that item. Uh, not quite as is mandatory now but looking at your site and just looking at the all items tab it it's amazing how many things are in the game <laughs> it's just like we take that for granted sometimes but it's like wow bungie has built all this all this loot yeah there's a lot there there's a lot there it's like i remember yeah. i remember when uh season of the drifter first launched i think there's like there's something like a hundred and for some reason i have the number 182 I'm sure you could do the math. Uh, just uh, uh, mm-hmm. armor from the reckoning. It's like 182 armor pieces or something like that. Wow! From just the rev. That's insane. Uh, yeah, people really take yeah. that for granted. You don't really <laughs> appreciate it for what it is and the massive scope they're able to accomplish consistently. You know, we're getting content like this not once a year you're getting it three times a year on top of getting a bigger dlc which rumors have it that we will get a smaller one but we will talk about that a little bit later on in the show and we do want to learn more about josh um now for the listeners who don't know what an api is how would you explain what an API is and how it relates to a website's functionality and the use of a website like Destiny sets. Yeah, sh- sure. Uh, yeah, that sometimes uh, you know get a bit carried away in these technical terms that we use. Uh, but basically, like the a- API can mean lots of different things. But in in this context, uh, API means like it's a set of it's the way that Bungie lets us third party people communicate with the, the Destiny servers to get some information out from it. So they build these tools for us to like look up your inventory, um, for DIM to use to, to equip your gear uh, and things like that. So it's, it's like the, it's the interface between, between Bungie, Destiny, and, and the uh, outside world. And... Would you say Bungie is friendly with how they allow you to utilize their APIs and their data? Oh, yeah, extremely, uh, extremely. I mean, especially since, especially since D2, um, they've, they've really ramped up their, uh, their investment and, and, and help that they, they give us developers directly. So like D2 brought a whole new set of documentation for us to read over and learn for how to use uh, all the stuff that they give us. Um, they gave us like an issue tracker for us to have a bit more of a direct uh, line of communication. 
uh, and then th there are a few bungee devs uh, in particular that we have uh, very direct uh, communication to through Discord and Slack and things like that. They're extremely supportive of the work that we're doing. So I think they're they're really smart and they're really switched on and they see that um, the power from like they can uh, give us like these core set of of ways to to get information about the game, and then the community can just take them. And then they can build all sorts of tools and websites that like Bungie could never have the resources to do in the first place or like, or that they wouldn't think of in, in, in they wouldn't think of at all uh, for that. Uh, and, you know, it, it drives people to be more invested in the game and to bring people in. So, Yeah, I think that's what makes Bungie such an awesome game developer that they're very open with how they allow content creators to use their intellectual property, how they allow you to interact with their data and their servers and create cool things like DIM and Destiny sets and all of these really useful tools that make our lives as Guardians so much easier. And we take advantage of these things today but if we think back to Destiny 1 when it, the game just came out before any apps even existed, I think the, the closest thing that I can think of when Destiny first came out was probably a tracker for public events. Yes. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the first app that came out that I think was like so useful with how I play Destiny and helping me as a guardian yeah. manage three characters and everything that I'm doing. And today, I don't even have to worry about having two versions of the same gun just because I have two or three characters. Yeah, and like the Where's Zer, the Where's Zer um, app too, and everything that came out he about. He's always Destiny. hiding that Zer. What is his deal? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like, well, I think what's so cool about what they've done is that um, they they give us these core building blocks, and then different people can take that and go off and do different spins um, on on that. I really like what what uh, like the trials report. Well, rest in peace. Um, uh, did you know with 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 uh, you put in just you put in someone's profile and like well automatically look at the data and pull out like their full fire team and give you like this dossier view of like your competitors as you're going into a tri uh, into a trials game uh you know i think that's that's really cool and the way they're able to 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 be really smart to build something like that out so many different websites yeah that's really cool yeah and it complements the game in a lot of ways and everything you know just uh, they work uh in synergy with one another. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, Josh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 sorry, go. You can go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, no, yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's exactly it. There's always, there's always uh, something for for everyone out there. You know, um, there's so many uh, nice little niches out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very cool. And Josh, to learn more about you. Yeah. Who inspired you to develop and to code and how did you get started coding? I don't know. I don't know if there was a who. Um I was trying to think about this. Um 
uh, I think really my uh, the, the origin story was I was always um, you know really interested in computers uh, playing. I remember I remember being really excited. I somehow bought I got uh, Sim City uh, when I was really young and, and and really enjoyed playing that game. Uh, and so I was, I was I was super into computers um, as a kid. Uh, grew up. Uh, and then, I, you know, I really wanted to make something. And so being into computers, making something, coding, uh, kind of came naturally and just kind of like, you know, plodded along and, and picked up uh, bits and pieces here and there. And, and, and I remember just, you know, being really proud of being able to to go into a computer and type something out and just make something appear on the computer. Um, I found that really rewarding and satisfying. Uh, so really, it's just been it's just been ever since that. Very cool. And what do you do when you're not playing Destiny or when you're not coding? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm a developer by day, uh, developer by night. Uh, so I guess a lot of my time is is, is spent coding. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think. Um, a lot more recently, in the last couple of months, I've uh, I've been trying to pay a lot more attention to my to my health and fitness. So spending a lot more time, well, sorry, not spending a lot, spending time in the gym. Uh, you know, trying to to look after myself a bit more has been uh, has been occupying a fair bit of my time recently. That's been lots of fun. Yeah, that is definitely something that, as a fan of. A looter shooter that can be as grindy as Destiny and with all other things that we have going on and side projects, um, you can imagine that it could uh, take up quite a bit of time and health is an important aspect that we can sometimes neglect. So it is important to go out there and figure out you know, a good routine for you and a good system that works to keep yourself healthy and to keep your body in the best shape possible because that's how you can become a better creator to take care of your body and your health. Yeah. Yeah, I only got one body. Got to look after it. Got to do it. <laughs> and Shadow Price just had a birthday, so he definitely knows about taking care of his body. How you feeling there, bud? Um, you know, I'm living the dream. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I'm I'm so happy for you, man. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you're living a dream because you know I feel like I'm living a dream too right now. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. really fun to get a chance to get together once a week on a Thursday and talk about our favorite game and. Before we talk more about Destiny, let's talk a little bit more about Destiny sets. Mm. And Josh, how much work goes into maintaining a website like DestinySets.com? Yeah, I mean, right now, it's like fairly low maintenance. You know, uh, Bungie will like publish their new database after an update and the items just kind of come in. Uh a lot of the work now, um, the very little comes from uh, actually Jake uh, Jack, Jack is on, on Twitter. He helps me out a lot with uh, curating some of those new items um, into the sets that you see on the page. 
Uh, so it's mostly lots of the work is it's fairly light, fairly easy um, on, on doing that. Uh, but then, you know, whenever on the every now and then, whenever Bungie releases something uh, like a new API or a new technology for us to use, um, every now and then I like to, 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 to dig in behind the scenes and make some improvements uh, where I can on that. Very cool. Now, do you see you guys ha- developing a mobile app for Destiny sets sometime in the future? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, w- one of the things we try and I try and work on is 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 making the Destiny sets website work really well on on uh, mobile phones and then also on like really big uh, monitors. Um, a mobile app might be a bit. Might be a bit uh, far beyond uh, me for now. Um, I really hope that the the website uh, works well on your phone. Gotcha. Cool. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a great website, and I think it's really awesome. And um, I usually use two monitors when I game. Um, So I usually have a second screen up where I can pull up my dim and I can pull up you guys. And then I'm pretty much all set to play on my other monitor. And then I also have my overlay thing open whenever I stream once in the blue moon. But that doesn't happen too often these days. Um, but it's it's been fun, though. Definitely has been yeah. quite quite a bit of fun. Now, what do you envision for a Destiny Sets 2.0? What features can you imagine maybe coming to the next version of Destiny sets? Maybe sometime in September of twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah. Look, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a good question. Um, ultimately, I just we got to see where the game goes. I guess. Um, uh, you know the the site lives and lives lives and dies by the. Uh, by by how the game changes um as it it, it changed from from d1 to d2 as is and then even from like year one to year two um one thing i would like to i'd really like to see if there's another way to to bring that back up is a lot more of like the live tracking of like how can we tie in with the live data of what you're doing and how you're progressing in destiny and kind of show some of that show some of that on the website Yeah, I think that would be really, really cool. And I don't know if you ever played Borderlands, but they are releasing a new game and they just released this really cool Twitch extension that allows you to create a more interactive experience right in the Twitch uh, stream. Mm. So I think these are really cool features that it would be nice to see more in destiny to create more interactive experiences for players and give more api options for developers like yourself who are creating really awesome apps and tools that really make life a lot easier with playing destiny yeah no no definitely definitely i know i yeah yeah definitely i'm I'm coming across this, like I said, for the first time, and I have so many <laughs> questions, like, because I'm seeing some really cool things on here, 
And I'm just wondering, like, I'm going to ask you right now, is there things on here that we're going to see in Oculus I, already? No. Possibly? Uh, but Bungie okay. seems to be fairly good at 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 uh redacting or or making classified like unreleased or or future gear, um. So that's why you'll see that like so for a week, uh, like the outbreak perfected weapon wasn't on my site Destiny set. So you you mightn't have seen it uh fully and completely in dim, because Bungie Bungie do hide those things away from us, um to to try and uh limit right. uh limit kind of spoilers and things like that from happening right can i ask you something mm. live right now yeah. as i'm looking at this w what is the red moon what gear from the hunter the red moon red gear. moon i think what? that is the ps4 exclusive gear <gasps> oh. <laughs> maybe for you, Shadow off Rice. the top of my head i i I just died. I died a little bit inside. Well, good news is you will get access to all of this gear come September. So you're going to get a lot of new oh stuff to God. play. I actually, I like the look of this stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. PlayStation, bro. They they got, see, that's, that's just, well, that's my know, problem with it. You do have the game like on PlayStation, so you can theoretically... Get it now, but the grind. That grind, the grind. man. I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, they we do need have that crossplay, that cross save. At least cross save. We need the cross save, man. Like that is just something that Destiny needs, like the most. I think. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've. I've, I've worked it up in my head that crossplay is definitely coming very soon. I know I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, <laughs> probably, but, but I am, I am definitely, uh, hanging out for that cross save. Yes. Like I would love that because then I would play on my PS4 more. Oh, definitely. PS4 Pro. Oh, I've, I've said before, like the moment cross save comes out is the moment, like I am going to invest in and, and, and build out a PC. I'm a Mac person, um, personally, uh, but, and I cannot wait to get a PC to play destiny on. Oh yeah, man. Like me and Corn can like attest to it. It's like it's it's night and day. It's just it's so <laughs> wonderful playing it on PC. Like everything just feels awesome. All the weapons and everything. It's you know, there there's no like horrible bloom and there's no like, you know, it's everything is just crispy and like and just everything the world pops like everything pops at you it's just it's so oh, mad and making me jealous it's incredible what vicarious visions did with the port yeah they're gonna be a big loss once destiny loses that support from vicarious visions and high moon studios in fact i'm pretty sure vicarious visions already said their goodbyes didn't they uh yeah there was yeah i believe so yeah. i mean that's pretty sad. There was some. Those are pretty talented people on those teams. Correspondence on Twitter. Yeah. Destiny. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, we have opulence coming, and that's their swan song. So now, I'm sure they're going to want to go out with a bang. Oh, they will. I'm pretty sure they're going to nail this one right out of the park. It's going to be awesome. 
I'm pretty excited personally for the next season of Opulence. So, Josh, we have a question on Twitter from one of our listeners. Danny, thank you so much for the question. And Danny wants to know, what is the most optimal location for tweeting? The most optimal location for tweeting? Yes, I know. It sounds random, but <laughs> he wants to know the most optimal location for tweeting. Ooh, uh, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm currently in the UK. Um, I, uh, I definitely, definitely see, um, if you wake up early, I think, if you wake up early in the morning in London, you can kind of, you can, you can nail the, like, late night American people. You get... The mm, queen? You can, <laughs> you will get read by the late night American people. Um, everyone over in uh, Australia will get you. Um, and then you, uh, set stuff up for, uh, for, for Europe. That, that's my two cents. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That was just a joke. Yeah, about I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I hope so. I hope it was a joke. <laughs> I have nothing but respect <laughs> for the queen. We love the queen. <laughs> Who doesn't? Now, Danny did also mention if he doesn't respond with the toilet, then you know he's lying. Oh. So what, what, what is this about? Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, a Are good... Are we not going to talk a, about a this? Good, That's I, okay. I do, enjoy, I do enjoy a good poop tweet every now and then, you know? Who doesn't? You Who know, doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> you know, break from work. It gets boring. Uh, Great ideas exactly. come on yeah when you're poop tweeting yeah so you can always disinfect your phone right after yeah right? <laughs> yeah that makes sense well yeah it's you know form of entertainment so the next time we're tweeting out we might be tweeting out from unknown locations you heard it here on the destiny show podcast Thank you, Danny, for your question. That was really entertaining. We don't normally have this much fun. So thank you very much for your question this week on the show. Took a little dark turn, but it's all good. Different. Just a little bit. So I do want to ask, before we continue the conversation about Destiny, Josh, what would you say is your favorite destiny moment yeah my favorite destiny moment definitely has been uh from in the last week with zero hour uh that was such a great um little surprise uh to you know to go in the little nostalgia trip of of, of going through the tower and then just like being constantly blown away around every corner, you know, with the with the really, really great vistas that that had, you know, the whole ventilation uh, maze with, with Trevor down there, um, giving absolute fright oh, of my life. Terrifying um, Trevor. Sorry, party <laughs> party chat, but uh, still still screaming every time he comes for me. Um, yeah, no, definitely zero hour. Yeah, I think Zero Hour yeah. was a very 
nostalgic mission. And if you think about it, I think the community really needed something like this in the game, especially at a time where they're really the morale in the game was kind of low, if you think about it, because I think the revelry wasn't really received as well as it could have been overall because I think elements of it broke certain aspects of the game like balancing PvP. I think that it was three weeks of hell for anybody who plays Crucible, for example. So I think that this mission was kind of like a adrenaline shot for the community just getting everybody hyped up for the next bit of content that's going to be coming out before the next fall release yeah yeah like the you know just like i stated last week i mean what is the season of opulence it's like secrets right it's all going to be very secretive so this was kind of a secret so i mean if this is kicking off like the season of secrets like, what are we in store for in Opulence? Like, what awesome things could be in there? Yeah. Definitely. You know, my favorite moment, I would say, is still the Vault of Glass raid, because it's the first raid, and it was the first time that we were thrown into this crazy world and experience that I didn't expect for it to be what it was. I didn't expect the level of challenge that it would take, and the level of patience and the level of the level of coordination that would be required and the nerves that you would have to have to go into something that challenging. I were gonna say and time. <laughs> patience and time. <laughs> remember Skolas? Mind blown. Do you guys remember Skolas? <laughs> Fighting Skolas for the first time. Oh my god. Oh I yeah, think that was. I remember rough. that marathon I think first session. First and only time, I think, actually, uh, <laughs> for me for that one. You only did it uh, once. I think so. Yeah. One yeah. and done. Yep. Got that one done. <laughs> Sorted. We went, we went back a few times. We were we were gluttons for punishment. I think. Like I felt like you know, it was a really good fight. Like, you had to go through all the trash. Um, five waves before him to get to him but you know it, it was uh, a it was a fight the size of like game of thrones it was a massive epic battle it was insanely it was difficult. a bloodbath half the time <laughs> i think we really underestimated what that dlc was and what the um activity brought to the game with uh the dark is it the dark below uh the that house was of house wolves. of wolves i'm sorry right yeah and that's where we got trials for the first time we too, got trials so. oh, yeah. and we also got this horde horde based activity yeah like and that's the thing is like they didn't have a raid no but i think we underestimated what prison of elders was because we were too upset. It was a raid-like fight. We were upset for three at people. the fact that they didn't give us a raid, and they it was kind of unexpected because everybody was hoping that we were getting a raid. Everybody was predicting things for a raid. So for them to pretty much say, sorry guys, no raid, 
people were upset about that. And I think that it overshadowed some of the really good things that Destiny 2 or Destiny 1, I should say, brought with that House of Wolves expansion. Oh, yeah. The game was in a great spot at that time and everything, especially when Trials came and stuff. You know, it's like that's when PvP was a lot of fun, I would have to say. You got that new infusion of all those weapons that came during the House of Wolves and stuff. And that was like, you know, it was the hand cannon meta. And it was also, you know, final word snipers. <laughs> Our final, not final round snipers like Aphrodite's and everything. But it was still fun. It was really fun to play PvP during that time. Definitely. And yeah, it's it's exciting because to think that Destiny 3 is possibly coming or some form of destiny in a bigger game is coming whether it be destiny 3 or whether it be the destiny experience because if you guys remember last week during the weekly update they referred to destiny as the destiny experience they haven't done that before and it's interesting for me as a player because it makes me wonder, are they going to abandon the idea of a Destiny 1, 2, 3, 4 and separating the games and rather just building on what we already have in the form of Destiny? So maybe the next version of Destiny will be the Destiny Ultimate Experience or something like that. And who knows, maybe down the road it might be a plausible thing for them to adapt maybe a subscription model if it becomes into a game that can be updated frequently enough where players feel like they're getting enough that they're paying for that's always the challenge right there that is so josh thank you so much for chatting with us about your experience in game development yeah and let's talk about some exciting stuff that we're probably going to be chasing after i don't know some of us might be i know shadow price is josh are you going to be chasing the day one completion of crown of sorrows raid i would like to we'll see we'll see what i end up doing it's it it, it works out to be pretty rough for us over here in uh in in Europe with a with a midnight or later uh raid launch. Yeah. Uh oh yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Like can you um are you at the capacity where you could like take the day off the next day? Yeah, could well it's it's actually it's actually I'm actually coming back from a trip uh like a couple of days before that, so Maybe I could. I hope no one at work's listening. But, That's uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, like maybe I could just uh, take a couple, <laughs> a couple extra days off to uh, to do that. Yeah. We'll see. Like, yeah, that's that. That is tough because it's like you can't start like getting power past seven hundred until like let's see. For us, it's going to be one o'clock. So for you, it'll be six o'clock, and then the raid will drop at yeah. twelve. I think so. Yeah, I think one that, thing that, though is that like I I remember back to my experience uh, f a couple seasons ago for the Scourge of the Past raid, and I I was really hyped then to get a, a day one 
completion. And I think I pushed myself a little bit too hard in the days before with that uh, power grind. Um, and I really, uh, I guess at the end of the week, I looked back and I didn't really have a super great time. So I do want to make sure that, uh, this, this time for this read that I have a, I have a overall a fun and sustainable, uh, time for it. And if that means that I don't get that day one completion, then yeah, that's fine. But, uh, at least I'll be, uh, yeah. sleeping. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah, want to kill to yourself it. over it. And I think for me, the last time around when the Scourge of the Past raid took place, I grinded till about 7 in the morning yeah. trying to do it. And then I realized I can't really function. I need some sleep. So I slept for like three hours and went back to it. And I told myself, like, this is not healthy I can't, I can't do this to myself. So this time around, I will be chasing the day one completion. I actually just leveled up three of my characters up to 700. So that was the first step in my grind. And thanks to a community member, shout outs to Sweatsicle, who will be a future guest on the podcast uh, he created a really awesome spreadsheet that pretty much helps Guardians to best prepare for this grind to get to 7.15 once the raid hits. Because this is actually going to be the very first time that a raid is coming out six hours after the launch of the new content. So we have to be very strategic in how we grind if we're going to be high enough light level to stand a chance against the boss fights that we're going to be encountering in the new Crown of Sorrows. Reign. I think that's what's going to I think that's what's going to be exciting though. You know, is like going in day 1 playing, you know, the new content and then the raid dropping that day too, same day. So it's going to be like a race to get power and everything. Yeah. And then you're competing directly with hopefully thousands of teams and everything for, you know, a world's first and or even just a day one completion. You know, and that's we know what I'm just to for. get into the raid, you have to be or the recommended light level is 715. So I'm sure if you're 710, you can probably do it, but it's going to be challenging. Anything that's five below your current light level, I think that's kind of pushing it. Anything more than that, you're becoming a... Um, how do I say this without being disrespectful? But <laughs> you're making things very difficult for everybody else. So you have to be level. I just think somewhere. I just think back to uh, The Last Wish raid where the i can't exactly remember what the numbers were but the even when you went in as, as the uh recommended light level the thrall was still uh incredibly tanky and would would like basically one swipe you now i mean they they yeah. have said that yeah. i think that they have said that well they hinted at you know at, at the power uh at the challenge would come from more on the mechanics side of things uh, but uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how it works out at seven fifteen. 
I remember, I think it was 5.30 when I first went into that, and I got wrecked. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wrecked, wrecked, wrecked at the first encounter mm-hmm. by everything. Everything was just one-shot me. Like, you're right, Thrall, the, the, the night. Oh, the man, place. you could not yeah. remember that. Yep. But, yeah. but you know what the coolest thing for me is about getting the very first raid completion done? It's being able to celebrate things like this later on, like with how Destiny 2 started out with showing you flashbacks of everything you've accomplished in your past in Destiny, and you could see who the fire team was when you completed that first Crota's End and that first Wrath of the Machine raid. Like, that was really special. And these are moments that really are special. That team that you complete that raid for the very first time. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I remember that day, the night we picked it up yeah. our collector's editions. So, guys, how are you going to prepare for a day one completion of the new Crown of Sorrows raid? What will you be doing to get ready? Probably just uh, following that guide that Sweatsicle put out (laughs) and uh, ticking stuff off day by day until we get there and then just, uh, you know, run run whatever is going to be the most beneficial for me if we're going to go go in at 7 o'clock and, you know, hit it. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I think... Uh, uh, I, I remember what, what, what caught me up last time were those... were making sure that you don't touch those dailies, those daily uh, strike challenges that, that roll over onto the Tuesday um, to get the, the powerful, powerful mm. drops from that, so making sure I uh, save as much of the easy ones as possible for, for Tuesday when, when it actually comes around. Very cool. Now, do you complete them and then you save them, or do you just almost complete them? No, well, it's like those, those, those like daily... I, I can't remember exactly what activities they are, but it's like complete one strike and you'll get a powerful drop. Uh, those sorts of those sorts of um, activities. So where you just got to like say, nope, okay, no more strikes this weekend. Uh, go wait until Tuesday now to get the to get the gotcha. right job from it. Okay, well, good tip. And yes, and thank you to Sweatsicle for creating a really awesome spreadsheet. We are going to share a link to it in our show notes. So if any of the Guardians listening to our podcast want to get a head start once the new content is out, I think that his spreadsheet is an excellent tool to use for this. And let's talk about some of these things here on the podcast. In terms of quest lines, you want to bring as many powerful rewarding quests as possible to near completion before Season of Opulence DLC is out. You'll also want to start grinding with your least favorite character first and your character that you want to go into that raid in last. So that way 
that character will gain the maximum benefit from the highest level weapons when grinding out. And uh, of course, having three characters also helps. Do you guys all have three characters? Rock on the three, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not equal playtime on all of them, definitely, but but yeah, the three are there. I'm kind of the same way. I play mostly on my hunter. I'm a hunter main, but I do have three characters that I play on. I do play on my warlock and my titan. I've been grinding much more lately because I've been trying to get my alt characters up to 700 and now I finally have that so I can do things like flashpoints and get my dream city bounties ready and get my clan bounties ready. So just trying to prepare for the next content and getting ready for the upcoming raid. It's just great. There's so much stuff like that you can get these uh, high drops from. Like there's so many pinnacle weapons and there's so many of the uh you know the quests do the exotic quests and things like that like there's so many places that you can get it from and everything and it's it's it's, it's good that's good the most like overwhelming thing but sweatsicle took some of the some of that guesswork out by this guide so it's that's really cool yeah and and guys make sure you find the team beforehand don't try to plan your team the day of the raid it doesn't work especially now you have to be more strategic than ever because you have six hours and you have to dedicate the time properly you know you have to pretty much figure out which activity is most important if you are going to be chasing after that day one raid completion and if you think about it it's kind of a brilliant thing that destiny is doing because now it's more of a chase than ever before you can't really cheese anything and i mean that's saying that lightly you know i'm sure people will find creative ways to get an edge but they completely locked out the last wish raid and scourge of the past so you cannot gain any benefits from those activities so now i think more than ever the raid chase is more strategic than it has ever been there is something out there that i heard that might actually people might try to do and everything oh yeah i don't know if i want to re repeat it on here though i don't want to give any, anybody any ideas <laughs> well, or anything how like about that. this <laughs> Say it, and if it's really bad, then I will edit it out. All right. Well, there are people that are going to go in with six to the raid. Well, there's going to be like six others on the outside grinding while the other people are in the raid. And they're going to sub those guys out yeah. and everything. Yeah. Bring them in the raid. Uh, so they'll have higher power because they've been out there grinding for more... Uh, or more drops and things like that for more power wait so let me get this straight so are you saying people are going to stay in the last wish raid not the last wish raid just out in the world getting powerful drops and things like that you know doing activities to keep getting yeah powerful essentially having like a, a 12 items. man raid team 
and then like swapping right. out like to the to the A team that was grinding out while the the first team was was in progressing. Yeah, they're going to send a lower team in first and then they're going to send their A team in afterwards after they've gotten more power. Huh. If you, I mean but still if you thought oh, it was hard to uh, okay. get six people for uh together for a raid. <laughs> Imagine wow. the 12. That's That's pretty crazy. Yep. People get really creative. So don't be surprised if you see that happen. <laughs> wow. Where did you hear about this? On Reddit? Uh, I heard about that on the Say No to Rage's uh, talk he had on his... Uh, that he has his question and, question and answers and then he does a... Uh, yeah, he does a QA. and a he, does a, he brings up a topic and then he does a Q&A for about an hour and that came up on his Q&A. That's pretty cool. Well, the next time he does a Q&A, ask him if he wants to be on the Destiny Show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Oh, man, that's awesome. So what else can we do to pretty much level up in an ethical way <laughs> to try to gain an advantage on the day that we play the raid? I know that you can also complete weeklies and if you save up three of the weekly clan bounties, that'll give you 6,000 points. So you should be able to get a powerful drop from Hawthorne for that, correct? And Yeah, because you need 5,000, right? You need 5,000, yeah. And if you keep three 2,000 yeah. ones, you can get that done in one shot. Right, because they don't drop powerful gear, the bounties themselves, but when you turn them in, you get the powerful drop. Just a thought. Yeah, what if they it. make it more grindy, where you need now 10,000 next season? Oh. <laughs> Please no. That would well, be pretty funny. Yeah, Stop that, would, that, would screw, that would screw some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like this idea of... Would, I really like yeah, the, what if, how the... Uh, the the strong curse cycle lines up with this week for doing going through and doing Shattered Throne because if you know yeah. if you've been through a couple yeah, times really with Shattered, Shattered Throne, that's what like three powerful drops. That's fairly quick yeah. and straightforward to get if you've got the yeah. right experience in yeah, there. That's going to be useful. And if you com- collect and complete seven of the weekly uh, Dreaming City bounties, that means you'll only have to do one more. And you'll get another powerful drop for the weekly. So that's going to be another advantageous thing for you to do. Now, if you're somebody like me and you haven't yet completed your allegiance quest on any of your characters, you're in luck because at the end of that quest line, you get a powerful drop. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's another yeah, opportunity. Yeah, I gotta do the drifter one. I'm my Dude, alt. I'm down to do that with you, buddy. I have to do that on my alt character, so I am definitely down <laughs> for that. Are you also uh, down to run the story, the Forsaken story, Ooh. too? Because I gotta do that on my alt as well. Um, <laughs> maybe. I'm glad that's all behind me now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I got got my last character to do it on. I mean, I did like the first or I did two missions 
but they still have to do the rest. Isn't there like a, a knife or a thing that you can like purchase or get with Forsaken that allows you to just boost the character all the way? Well, I mean, that character is at 690 something already, 690, but I haven't completed the story, so I don't have access How to the How much of the story have you done? With that character. Uh, two missions. Oh, wow. You really loved this story in that game, huh? <laughs> no, it's just, I mean... That time. There's so many things to do in the game. You're chasing so many different things. You know, at the time, I was chasing Luna's Howl, and then I was chasing, like, Service Revolver, and then I was chasing, you know, I was just trying to get a lot of different things. I had pursuits I was going after. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was grinding the Reckoning, and I was grinding Gambit Prime, and, you know, so... Yeah. And uh, going back to leveling for Crown of Sorrows, we also have Ikora bounties that we can pretty much stack up to 20. And once you turn them all in, you get another powerful drop from Ikora. So you get a powerful drop for that. Also, the Zer bounties give you powerful drops if there are any invitations that you have not completed do them up to the last step and complete them after the reset and then you'll you know it's going to be cool sorry to interrupt um this is the uh final invitation this week coming up and everything so i literally could do it all the way up to completion and just save it and everything to like the final thing um, and then I could see if they do something secret next week after it, you know, just get a, just to see if they throw something secret and everything. And then I'll be. How have you guys liked these uh, are bounties? Have you guys enjoyed the uh, invitation quest? Um, I don't. I like the cutscene that you get. I like the story bits you get. Um the whole busy work killing ads and everything is just, you know, it's just another thing. And, you know, it's basically doing what you always do. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, it's, it's cool. I'd like to see more done with it in the future, like with Zer bounties and things like that. So, but step in the right direction. Yeah. Definitely. yeah no, I mean, like if you, I think if you compare, if you compare the invitation of the nines, that's like the, that's like how the story is told during season of the drifter. If you compare that to Basically, the story yeah. throughout uh, season of the forge, which kind of wasn't really there in the game, I think that uh, the invitations of the nine are really cool. I really, really enjoy them. I really enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. That that's the part I enjoy. I enjoy what the payoff of them is. What I enjoy because there is definitely. A for sure. <clears throat> I mean, like you said, better than Black Armory because, you know, Ada was like one minute like, oh, you're not welcome here. Get out. And then she's like, and then you show her a pass like, oh, I guess you can stay. Yeah. And then like she started shining blue for some reason or something. I never, I never quite still got understood, <laughs> understood why she did that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this expansion with Season of the Drifter gave us some pretty incredible lore, if you think about it. There's quite a bit here from learning about the Drifter, learning about the Nine, and getting 
a storyline that is so cool and yet still there are so many questions that we have and so many unanswered things and so many loop loops that are still untied it's really interesting to see where the storyline goes i'm really interested in seeing what they do with season of opulence and seeing the invitations and how that all kind of comes to play i still have some of them that i haven't completed so i don't have the entire lore story but what i have so far what i've seen it's really incredible they really knocked it out of the park yeah it definitely is setting up like no question no question yeah, about it. i mean that's what that's what i've actually really enjoyed about the year two as a whole in contrast to year one you know is that every single release in in year two has kind of been on this same thread you know, Mara solved through her queen visits. She's warning about something in particular. Black Armory kind of talks a bit about the history behind that and what happens with the first arrival of the darkness. And then, you know, the, the drifter's doing his whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then who knows what, what Kalos saw out there. And he, he has to say, um, I've really, really enjoyed the, that, that storytelling. And I can't wait to see what happens in Season of Opulence. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. And speaking of Season of Opulence, save those herb bounties. Make sure you got them saved up if you have it and you want to use that as an advantage once the new expansion is out on June 4th. And uh, also don't forget about the Spider Wanted bounties. If you save up 15 Ghost Fragments, and uh, then you complete them at reset with the bounty, you will get a powerful drop from that as well. And then we also have Oracle offering bounties that uh, if you have complete them and you finish the rest after reset, you will also get a powerful drop from that. We already mentioned the Shattered Throne, which will be an excellent way for you to obtain three powerful drops just by doing that and turning those bounties in and if you haven't completed any of the forsaken exotics and pinnacle quest lines this is a good opportunity to almost complete them but don't turn them in yet and once you finish that quest line you'll be rewarded with a more powerful exotic version of the weapon or a pinnacle version of weapons like the breakneck or the oxygen sr3 the nightshade lunas howl loaded question mountaintop not forgotten yeah right the thorn the thunderlord and exotic weapons like that yeah, I think uh, th those weapons are really good, uh, good ones to set up as well because they, you know, they guarantee to drop in that particular slot. So if you're if you're behind, they're they're really good ways to to catch up. Yeah, that's a good point. So that way you get yeah. to level up Same strategically. Thing with... Now, some of these weapons you can actually yeah. reacquire on alt characters. Let me pull up the spreadsheet by sweatsicle again shout outs he's such an awesome creator 
So here are the weapons that will grant you a more powerful version of the drop. And I will also let you guys know if it can only be acquired one time and one time only. Uh, first up, we have the Chaperone, followed by Ace of Spades, followed by Outbreak Perfected, followed by Wish Ender, followed by Thorn, followed by Last Word, followed by Malfeasance, followed by Thunderlord, Izanagi's Burden, Loaded Question, Breakneck. Now, Delirium, 21% uh, Delirium can only be acquired one time. Oxygen SR3 can only be acquired one time. Mountaintop can only be acquired once. Recluse can only be acquired once as a powerful drop. Not Forgotten can only be acquired once as a powerful drop. Same with Luna's Howl, Regix's Broadsword, and Nightshade. Well, Broadsword goes in with this. Yep, only one time. Even though that was last it, year's it loot. It can be a powerful drop only one time, yes. Oh, yeah, I already got Broadsword. I already got Luminous, too. Going after, um, what is it, Recluse? So, essentially, there's 11 weapons here, guys, that we are able to reacquire on our alt characters twice and even three times if you haven't completed the applicable exotic quests. Now, of course, it depends on how much you want to grind because... This could be quite a grind for some of these items. Some not so much because if you've already leveled up your infamy, for example, getting a weapon like, oh, well, 21 Delirium is only powerful once. But weapons like Breakneck or Malfeasance, I guess? There are quite a few that I only acquired one time, so... I should be able to take advantage of this as long as I can put in the time to grind. That grind, yeah. though. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Some of these ones, like Wishender, Izanagi's Burden, like, those are pretty long quests. Because you need, like, rare bounties, too, for Izanagi's Burden. And you would have had to do the puzzles on, and unlocked all the forges. And everything on another character. Oh yeah, I forgot about like, that. Hey, <laughs> that's that. That yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not grabbing that again. Black <laughs> I got him once. Uh, that was good enough. But, but some of these things are actually doable in terms of the grind. Like for example, getting an outbreak perfected. That's not going to be so bad. Although, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to do the Outbreak mission the day of, correct? So, exotics you can get on all three characters, actually, the one I can see yeah, here. Yeah, that's, that's what it exotics. looks like. The Chaperone, Ace of Spades, Outbreak Perfected, Wish Under, Thorn, Last Word, Malfeasance, Thunderlord, Izanagi's Burden, and I think that's it. What about the ones from uh, the Forge, like uh, Jotun and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what's the bow? Um, can't remember the poison bow. Lemon. What that one's called? Yeah. Oh, Lemonok. Lemonok. <laughs> Lemonok. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but aren't those random drops in the game rather than 
tied to any quest oh, yeah, yeah, lines, yeah, 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 so I don't are. think those would yes. necessarily be applicable to this unless you get them while you're playing that activity. So I guess there is a Forget benefit I said anything. <laughs> to maybe grinding it out because you can probably reacquire it more than once. So yeah, in Anarchy you can only get from the raid, so and it's gonna be like you know, um, black you know, uh, blacked out that day yep. until. The raid's so completed, they're so. going to try to make this as fair of a run as possible this time around. And I like that idea. I do want for it to be a fair race. And it's cool to get a chance to sit down with you guys and brainstorm different ideas for how we're going to level up our characters and talk about how best to prepare because we're only going to have six hours to grind once the new content is out. And that's assuming there are no issues or glitches in the game that prevents you from starting the grind right when it drops. Because, guys, if you've played Destiny before, I think we all know that when the new content just drops... Sometimes the servers just can't handle it. There's a queue. There's issues with the server. Like, it's very risky, if you think about it, for them to launch the content and six hours later we get to play this raid because what happens if the servers crash? You know, will they delay the raid in that case? Like, what, what happens then? And how will this affect all of the players in the UK who are already stretching their time very thin starting a raid at midnight in some cases or later depending on where you live it becomes a pretty challenging thing potentially for them to have to deal with gotta always have a contingency plan and a fail safe <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really interesting guys I'm really curious how they will handle things like this now, that's going to be part of the grind, but of course, we also have the daily powerful activities and flashpoints that you get to play. So make sure you complete those flashpoints, but don't turn them in. And then once the new content is out, turn them in right then and there, and you should be able to grab a powerful reward when you start playing the game on June 4th. Also, let's not forget about Black Armory frames. You can save two Ballistic Logs um, and then purchase and complete two Powerful Frames after Reset, and you should be good to go. Now, if you are not chasing after a Day 1 completion, then you should be okay with stacking those uh, Last Wish Raid Keys or what are they called? Ethereal keys, I want to say. And if you... You can have, I believe, five per character. Unless you do that stupid glitch where you can store more in your Postmaster. Uh, but you can acquire more powerful engrams from that. It's a pretty well-known thing in the game. So I don't think we're doing anything unethical by mentioning it on the show. Correct, Shadow Price? Yeah, I mean, because you're not going to be able to play it until the raid's done. Exactly. So, you know. so once it's done, have at it. The race is then officially over. Um, also, make sure you stock up on all of your planetary materials. 
Go visit the spider. Purchase the materials that you need so you can adequately upgrade all of the armor that you need in order to level up to the level you need to be when you start the raid. Save those enhancement cords if you don't have a lot of them. I would save rec I would say you want to bring in at least 75 starting out, right? That's pretty fair assessment. As many as you can. About 25 Definitely. per character if you have three characters minimum. Yeah. But yeah, as many as you can. Got it. Yeah. So any of the bounties that you can do that give you those enhancement cores, do them. Are there any other activities that come to mind, guys, that help you get more enhancement cores? Uh, pop, pop the finest matter weave, or mm. whatever it's called. Is that what it's called? Or is it called something else? And then, like, when you kill a boss, it drops a core. If you have a bunch of those, I've been doing that and building cores like that. One thing I've been, cool. one thing I've been kind of slack on is is making sure to pick up the Hawthorne package on each character every week, because you know you get you get seven masterwork calls from from her. I uh, I logged onto my Titan like on the the very end of the week. Uh, it was just and I was just lucky that I went and talked to Hawthorne and 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 I actually got those masterwork calls calls from her on more of my characters. I'm sh I'm sure there's That's really good advice. loads I've missed out on from forgetting to do yeah. that. Yeah, I that would be me. I totally did. Yes, that's great advice. So that's probably what I'll be doing tonight on all three <laughs> of my characters. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, that's great advice. And lastly, uh, you want to save up some uh, tincture of queen's foil. So that you can do the weekly Dreaming City stuff and get all of the powerful engrams from that once the new content is out. And uh, we will link to the spreadsheet that was released by Sweatsicle. So thank you very much for all of the awesome information. I think he compiled it in a really awesome way. So shout outs to him for all of this information uh that helped me research this week's episode and this segment um so guys will you be taking part in the day one race i don't think i'm gonna have a choice <laughs> oh shadow price <laughs> that's awesome i will be i think i will be definitely going for the day one completion and I'm pretty sure Shadow Price will be there with me, isn't that right? I think we've done most, if not all, the raids together for our first completions. Oh, yeah. So it will be yeah. fun to dive back into Destiny and play some raids this time around. We actually missed one with Season of the Drifter. And Josh, do you have a group you'll be raiding with on uh, June 4th? uh yeah i think we'll uh we'll 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 see if i can uh manage to to muster some people in the clan together for uh again you know that that, that time here in the uk is, is 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 a bit rough for us that's brutal yeah so we'll uh we'll see where we go i think if there's one thing that's kind of a bit of a, a blessing in disguise with that is that it kind of uh means we do get a if i just you know we we do go for that day one completion but maybe on the next day 
gives us a little bit extra breathing breathing room in terms of uh grinding out the uh the power level increases for that definitely yeah it's going to be exciting to join the race and chase after that day one completion i would love to get that raid jacket it looks it's so cool the one from last uh season season of the uh i'm sorry scourge of the past the raid jacket for that raid looks pretty pretty awesome and i really want to try to get in on something cool like that so this time around i will be playing um and me and shadow price are actually going to work on trying to recruit a group who we will be playing the new raid with after the podcast so that's going to be exciting now guys how will you be preparing for the raid do you think you'll be doing all of the things that we talked about and in the spreadsheet or do you have a unique way that you'll be leveling up to try to get to 715 and above i won't be doing all of it um but i'll i'll definitely take advantage of what is feasible in the time that i have allotted to me to you know like i won't be grinding out exotics on every character that's just that's just crazy <laughs> i just as much as i you know could do it Heads i just lot. i don't want to i don't want to subject myself to that yeah <laughs> so yeah no yeah. i'm gonna see i i think a lot of my focus will be on what can i uh what can i prepare beforehand and bring over into the tuesday um you know, like like saving up twenty bounties and things like that. I think that's where where most of my uh, most of my prep will be will be for. Yeah, I think for me personally, I can't tell you that I'm gonna go out there and reacquire every single powerful drop, but I'm gonna look at all three of my characters and see what I am closest to accomplishing in terms of exotics on other alt characters. And if the grind isn't too bad, I might do it. But I will start with doing all of the little things that I can do to gain the powerful drops. Like, for example, saving up the clan bounties, getting my allegiance quest on near completion, um, doing the 20 bounties for Ikora, uh, doing my Zer invitation bounty and almost completing that. Little things like that I am going to do so I can best prepare. And then from there, I'll see how much time I have left over. And if I have some time to prep by grinding out for another pinnacle weapon, I'll do that. I actually have some pinnacle weapons that I have not acquired yet from last season. Like... For example, Nightshade, I still have not gotten that, and I'm actually kind of close, so I might spend a night and just do a bunch of strikes and get those bounties done, because I think that would be easy enough to do over the course of maybe three, four hours, something like that. Uh, but it is going to be a power per hour grind in this case. So if the grind shout out to Fran, shout outs to Fran Mirabella FM three, who is the co-host of 
our favorite Destiny podcast, Destiny Community podcast. We really love those guys. So shout outs and congratulations. Fran is now a permanent co-host on their podcast. So congratulations, guys, and shout outs to you. We wish you nothing but the best. We love you guys and we listen every week. So yeah, so last question before we move on to the Bungie Weekly Update, or this week at Bungie as some people call it, depending on how, depending on how old school you are, right? Um, what, are you, what are you guys most excited about with the new raid that's coming out called the Crown of Sorrows? I want to see what they've done to the environment. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously we're, we're going to the Leviathan. We're going back to the Leviathan. It's been teased in so many different, like, of their Vidocs and, you know, just still images and things like that. I want to see what interesting things they've done to the space to separate that from the original Leviathan and what encounters we're going to come across on there. Like, is it going to be boss heavy? Are we going to get a lot of bosses or is it going to be like Leviathan was? So I would like to see what kind of uh, things they have in store for us for that. And the loot. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm hoping the loot is going to be on point too, like the weapons and things like that. I'm, I'm really excited to get new weapons. Always am. Yeah, I'm really interested to see the like the Leviathan. It's it's a Leviathan, right? It's it's absolutely massive. Um, if you see like you know when, when you mm -hmm. fly in where you go to, it's just like this tiny little speck on the top. So I'm really interested inter interested to see uh, whereabouts we're going, Leviathan, what they do with the place. It seems a bit darker than before. Uh, yeah. What's really interesting to me is that. The Leviathan is the home to not only one raid activity, but three raid activities. So it's interesting to me what they do with the Leviathan, because in my opinion, this is probably the last time that we go to the Leviathan. And this is almost their swan song, not only to, you know, the High Moon Studios who built the the new content but also maybe to the leviathan as well vicarious visions because then vicarious do it do oh i'm sorry was it vicarious visions i'm sorry yeah vicarious visions rip That's, the dream yeah it was one of them too <laughs> so yeah so our boys up in albany <laughs> our boys up in Al dude was it really them okay mm -hmm. we're totally gonna talk after the podcast we're gonna try to raid their headquarters <laughs> and do something cool but we're going to talk about it later and i have some ideas like i always do in my crazy fashion so uh <laughs> we're going to talk more about that maybe we'll get them on at some point but uh, yeah that's really awesome that they actually built the new raid and the new dlc and it could also be the swan song goodbye to the Leviathan raid, and they might actually introduce all three raids, but reformed. They might introduce the main Leviathan raid and bring back raid layers, maybe even on a rotation where they differ each week to make things feel different. And can you guys imagine having 
Savathun overtake the Leviathan and like you're fighting I don't think Savathun's going to show her cards yet. Okay. Who do you I think, think would? Do you think it might be the Siva? That is really it's so hard to because there's just so many threads that yeah. are, are are running well, in the Who could it be? Who could right we now? be fighting this time around? I think that you know well, <clears throat> how's the logo right? Like Callus, he he saw something while he was banished out into never never wherever he went. So I think uh, there'll be a hint mm -hmm. of 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 what he saw out there, uh, who he may maybe maybe picked up and who's infested infested the Leviathan since then. Are we gonna see the first like tease of enemies we could see in? Future Destiny content, possibly Destiny nice. Three. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting to see what they can do and mm -hmm. what directions they can go. And guys, let's not forget, Marasov has been gone for quite some time. Where did she go? Maybe she's the final no, raid boss. Still... I mean, who knows? Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's anybody's guess right now. You know, people who are following the lore really closely, who are deep within the lore, like Mylan and Bife and things like that, like, and the Focus Fire Chat, the people on there in green and Dark Angel, maybe they have some sort of idea what we're uh, going to be going up against. We're going to talk. I think there. it's time to do a lore episode very soon. So um, we're going to get Dark Angel, or um, she did change her name, uh, Coco or something like that i'm not sure i'm gonna have to ask her what her new name is but uh shout outs to her she's really smart um really great uh lore expert and member of our community so it's really interesting to see where the story goes but we also have more information that we got from the bungee headquarters and we got a weekly update literally minutes before we started podcasting. And we only had a very brief time to dissect all of the news and all of the information that just came out. But uh, let's talk about some of these things. We know that this is the last chance to pick up any of the triumphs that you might be missing for Iron Banner because Iron Banner is live, and this is the last and final Iron Banner of the season. So if you're chasing any of the Triumphs, if you're trying to get that uh, uh, legendary weapon, what is it called? Wisen Rebuke. Wisen Rebuke, thank you. And if you're chasing that, this is your last opportunity to get it with uh, 500 kills in a Sweatfest of Iron Banner. And also, there are some slight changes coming to Iron Banner next season, but they are not ready to unveil any of these changes just yet. So that kind of tells us that, you know, Iron Banner probably won't be going through too many changes in the upcoming season. Probably not really till the fall do I expect any more substantial changes coming to Iron Banner. But uh, we mm -hmm. also have 
some pretty big sandbox changes that are coming with the new season of opulence and this came out of nowhere yeah it it was pretty surprising and we're gonna go through these changes and read through the dev commentary so that maybe we can have a more meaningful discussion about some of these things and talk about whether or not these changes are going to benefit the game or could potentially harm the meta that destiny is and it begins with the uh, commentary from the dev team and they state the following for season of opulence several notable weapons are being adjusted we wanted to ensure that encounters raids and other endgame content for example remain a challenge does that even sound right i think they have that the second yeah part. okay yeah. yeah they're just yeah they're just saying that some weapons have been overwhelming like the the challenge of uh the end game like that they've been kind of you know going a little outside their uh you know the lines hmm. Like a little powerful, but I don't completely agree with it. Yeah. But that's, you know, common. so they so. go on to state our first choice is to buff underused weapons. But if we continue to push every weapon up higher and higher, it will be impossible to maintain more challenging experiences. This is not a full list of changes, but some of the most impactful. So they're preparing us for something big already, yet again, right after we got the bombshell about the Luna's Howl and the Not Forgotten being nerfed. Yep. Season of the nerfs. <laughs> First up, we have Whisper of the Worms. Whisper of the Worm was already adjusted in Season of the Drifter, but an exotic that can generate an infinite amount of heavy ammo is still a gigantic outliner and renders many weapons irrelevant for certain encounters. While exotics are intended to be powerful and novel, bypassing the ammo economy can tend to force us to adjust enemies to compensate this effectively results in sniper rifles as a whole being punished because of whispers unique ammo ability as a result we're removing the ammo generation ability so that we can increase the effectiveness of all other snipers that don't have an endless ammo speed wow Wow. That's pretty big. So White Nail... Yeah, they're basically changing it into Black Spindle from D1. So White Nail will pull ammo from reserve rather than creating it. And reserve ammunition increases to 18 without ammo reserve perks. Yeah, basically Black Spindle from D1. How do you guys feel about this? I don't like it. But I understand why they did it. Yeah, I mean, so that's their you know, reasoning, their rationale, it, right it makes sense. 
um, it makes a lot of sense. It kind of makes too much sense. It's like, what, what, what did they think was going to happen when they, uh, you know, when they put this weapon the first time into, into D2? Yeah, when when the first iteration was Black Hammer, yeah, exactly. D1, and then Black Hammer, they you know they took those with that white nail perk and did exactly what they're doing here. They did there when the Black Spindle came out and everything, and then when Whisper the Worm came out, it was back to Black Hammer. But now they're going back to doing exactly what they did before. Black Spindle. Yeah, like on the one hand, I can kind of understand it, but at the same time. They're taking an exotic weapon. They're taking weapons that have the most meaning. And it, it, this is the perk that we grinded this weapon out for. And if that is the case, then they shouldn't have released the gun. But I don't know if the answer is to completely remove the perk. I think the answer maybe would be to create bosses that require a lot more to be taken down than unlimited ammo create the encounters more interesting but don't don't nerf the weapons that were special because of those exotic perks and then you change them and i i i hate when they do that and they've done it since destiny one since the vex mythoclast and i didn't really agree with it then and i don't really agree with it now because People put in the time to grind for these exotic weapons, and if you're going to keep nerfing pinnacle weapons, then I think that players are going to think twice before they grind out for specific weapons because there will become an expectation that something will get nerfed if it's almost too good. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's, that's what they're... It's also kind of foreshadowing, like, what things could be in the season of opulence, like how fast would have these things been taken down with, you know, the weapons in the state they are now and everything, you know, yeah. um, that's not an us problem or anything like that. That's just literally the way the content was designed and things like that, you know, but yeah, people do get really salty over this. Because it's like, yeah, you grinded people for that. People put in hard work to grind you, out you for spent, these weapons. You took the time, yeah. you know, to do that. But you also got to think, though, that any point in any given time, in any part of the game, it's Bungie's game, even though they do make it for us to play, that they reserve the right to pretty much change everything in it and stuff. So. Sure, they can, they can pretty much take the servers down if that's what they're going to want to do. It's their reservation and the terms and conditions that you've signed but at the same time if you're going to keep people playing the game you don't want to piss off the people you're creating the game for because eventually people will find other games to play right so they want they need to be sensitive to the hardcore players who actually take the time to grind out for powerful items like the not forgotten like the whisper that was a really tough mission and at the time see you know it took i'm i'm oh go ahead I'm, 
just I got a thought. It took it took quite a bit of time to complete that mission, and for them to just go and completely change it in such a fundamental way, it almost shows me that they didn't really fully learn from the lessons that they had before, because they released a weapon before that was kind of too powerful. They ended up nerfing it and pissing off a lot of people. And they're continuing on the same trend now. And seeing this again does not make me happy. It's showing me that I'm gonna play devil's I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Um because this is not gonna affect the, the people, the hardcores at all. Because they will just adjust, basically. Like people, the hardcore players know this game inside and out and what is the most effective means of uh, doing DPS and, you know, strategizing and things like that, you know, and sometimes this will actually, some of the hardcores don't mind this because it gives them more avenues to try other things, other weapons to be more, you know, more versatile and more be, have more diversity. And who knows, there might be some really good, good exotics coming that could be even better than this, you know, but you know, that's what I'm saying is just, it's, it's not, I don't think this is going to affect like the hardcore players and things like that, you know, um, because they're just, you know, they're accustomed to, you know, changes that can occur in the game when weapons get a little too hot and things like that, you know, where they yeah. became, become like the only choice sometimes. It's a good point. So. Now, let's move on and talk about Sleeper Simulant. Um, the reduction of balanced shot damage for Sleeper Simulant is already present on several important enemies. We are now making this reduction part of the weapon. The difference in damage is too large between a single precision shot of sleeper simulant and the angled shot that pierces the target and then also hits the target again with the bounced projectiles. Much like Whisper, we have made adjustments we have to adjust enemies around that potential. By making these changes a permanent part of the weapon, we can get into a more balanced position. So now reduced ricochet slash bounce damage on boost combatant will be present. Um, also modified precision behavior. Total damage is unchanged, but non-precision shots are significantly more forgiving. Any thoughts on sleeper changes? To... I haven't used I mean, the gun yeah. in a real yeah, long exactly time. Yeah, exactly that. Oh, to be honest, but... I haven't haven't used the gun in quite a while. So, okay. <laughs> yep, I I kind of agree. I mean, uh, you know, I've used it a little bit before, but I think right now there are more viable options other than that, than the uh, sleeper. And especially now, outbreak perfected is so much fun. That's kind of been my go-to for killing bosses and ads and literally everything besides oh, that, PvP. That's going to be next on the chopping block. You watch. I hope not. <laughs> but probably. You're probably right. 
Um, so let's move on to Lord of Wolves. For Lord of Wolves, uh, Bungie states that Lord of Wolves received a massive increase in damage with the full benefits of the shotgun changes in Season of the Drifter. This made it a lot more popular, but we got a significant amount of feedback that release the wolves uh, that released the wolves activating on every single kill made it difficult to control and weapons ammo corruption as a result we're allowing you to swap between the two states to control the output while also reducing its output slightly pve damage has been reduced by 20 percent and also the uh, release of the wolf's perk has been reworked to no longer trigger automatically on kills and this will effectively or this effect on is now triggered by holding reload similar to the fundamentals on hard light and borealis and finally, PvE damage and range bonus on this effect has been removed and replaced with a universal damage bonus instead. So that was the change for Lord of Wolves. And yeah, I don't really use Lord of Wolves too much to really care about that one. I, I'm okay with that change personally. I have no problem with it. It is interesting how they changed the yeah. uh, how the perk works to not happen automatically, because the perk was sometimes a bit of a drawback of the weapon, where you would get a kill and then all of a sudden it would just like waste all your ammo. Uh, so now changing them changing it to make it so you have to manually activate it, I think is an interesting solution to that. Yeah, again, I also didn't haven't used this weapon. You know, kind of sad that it's get, getting changed like this, you know, because the damages get reduced because I haven't had a chance if I haven't used it. So now it's like, oh, man, you don't know what you ha have until you, ha you know, until it's until gone. Until you lose it. It's like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so now I kind of want to use it. You have two weeks, my friend. Two weeks to use it or lose it. Kind of. You still have it, but it will be a little different yeah so let's move on to ace of spades or, i'm sorry ace of spades is pretty hot in the crucible and has been since the inclusion in destiny 2 forsaken the number of perks on the weapon combined with the semi-permanent effect of memento gives the weapon too many advantages compared to other weapons now that memento ends when you stop Oh, when you, what does it say? Still, still the weapons. You'll need to make a decision on whether or not you'll keep the weapon drawn to retain the bonus. Memento Mori now ends if the weapon is stowed. The PvP damage bonus of Memento Mori is slightly reduced to prevent two-tapping guardians while Vengeance OEM was active and then uh, specifically you'll need to have for resilience to survive this finally memento mori is active 
or six shots up from five. So slight buff there. I mean, this is probably going to affect like more people on PC just because Ace of Spades is not good on console hmm. due to Bloom and uh, you know the 140s not being very viable you know because of Bloom and you know things like that. Like that's why everybody uses Luna's Howls, Luna Howl not forgotten and trusts and the 180s on console but now those that those two are getting nerfed like how how is that gonna change the dynamic on console when it comes to the those hand cannons like so it that's the thing is ace is already bad on console and not a lot of people are using it so it's it's interesting to see how that change will affect them yeah definitely and uh josh do you have any thoughts on these changes yeah, no, I mean, I'm not really a big uh, hand cannony uh, type of person, so Ace of Spades hasn't really been used by me for for, for a bit. I do appreciate it. I do, I do think it's interesting how they uh, each of these each of these nerfs kind of comes with a buff that to kind of compensate some of these things. Yeah, the only one that kind of sucks for me is that Whisper mission <laughs> because. Man, that was a grind, so that's the only thing that kind of sucks for me in terms of these changes, but it's not going to make me, like, hate the game or anything like that. I think that these are probably changes they feel are necessary. Rocky agrees. He is not no. happy with those changes, <laughs> from what I can tell. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I've been using Ace of Spades. I used it a little bit yesterday in the crucible and like it it's okay like i think it's really it's probably actually it's more than okay it's really good on pc but even so luna's howl is still also really good and everything on pc but with this change i mean it's i guess it's not it's not going to change it too much on pc because they're not removing like they're not lowering any aim assist and they're not like saying that they're adding bloom. They better not say any of that because people will be really pissed. People will be so pissed if they see bloom in any of this. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so. And finally, they did mention a thing about exotic armor. Along with the weapons above, we will also be making some changes to how exotic armor pieces uh, work primarily we're paying attention to the pieces of exotic armor that grant back super energy we felt they were increasingly becoming must pick gear choices orb generation from teammates is meant to be the best way to accelerate your super generation these exotics are allowing players to bypass this Teamwork mechanic by generating a large amount of super energy without relying on other players' orbs. So that will also be a hint at some more changes that will be coming with Season of Opulence. Yeah, it looks like uh, they said armor like Orcus Rigs, Phoenix Protocol, Skaldara, Makara, etc. 
And it says, this means if someone in your fire team doesn't have these super exotic equipped, the activity becomes far more difficult. And they're making these changes uh, to these armor to preserve their power fantasy and still leave them as viable choices for difficult activities without making players feel like they must equip or at a big, huge disadvantage. I mean, I think that for for, for Skull on, on Warlocks, there definitely was, like, that was uh, extremely effective. Um you know, forgetting oh, yeah. your, forgetting your super, super back. It's super effective. You would, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you would be really <laughs> disappointed and upset if you threw a Nova Bomb and you didn't get back your complete super. You would just think, oh, what a waste. Um, so it's it, it's it's really not surprising that they're, that they're taking a look at that to kind of bring that down a bit. Yeah it, yeah, it seems like they're trying to balance the game in time for the new content. They want to make sure that the new content feels challenging and fresh, and they want to maintain a certain balance in the game. And, you know, some exotics are a little bit too powerful. I think we did mention the Outbreak Perfected, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that weapon, because I think of any weapon right now, that's probably the deadliest weapon for killing everything in PvE whether it be bosses, whether it be, you know, taking it into Gambit or Scourge of the Past Raid. We actually melted the Scourge boss in one phase with the Outbreak yeah, Perfected. Yeah, but exciting times. I'm really excited about this. Let's see if there are any other updates here that are worth mentioning they are adding some... There's a Trevor shirt. Yep, there's going to be a Trevor t-shirt coming to the game. Or coming to the game. Coming to the Bungie store that you can purchase now. For $24.99, you can get your Trevor t-shirt and be legit. And what else? They have a few other things that are available for sale including a Black Talon pin, a Sundance, Sundance Ghost Vinyl, the Comic Collection shirt, and more. So go ahead and check that out on the Bungie store. Just be careful about those shipping costs. They can be pretty expensive. But let's see. Other than that, there are a few things in terms of support updates a tale of two flashpoints we actually had that happen to us because for me the flashpoint was on titan and then for shadow price i believe it was on edz and yeah we got kind of sidetracked because we had different uh flashpoints and we were both trying to get our flashpoints completed yeah, that was kind of funny. So they will be fixing this. This uh, was a known glitch. Um, also, make sure you get those Iron Banner bounties completed this week and uh, finish up that triumph because this will be your last week to get that done. Make sure to have that completed by reset. And uh, what else do we have here? 
There's an issue with the risk runner, apparently, uh, that people are getting bird issues, bird errors. So that's a known uh-huh. thing. And then we have movie of the week. Um, Josh, do you want to give an honorable mention for movie of the week? I know you mentioned that you knew somebody who yeah, was featured. Good friend, play with uh, play with Destiny. Got the honorable mentioned for his uh, little whisper uh, video that he uh, he did. I think he uh, put it out yesterday. Uh, it's a pretty cool little video. It's different from like just the regular, you know, PvP kill montages that you always see in the. Um, I really liked it. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that, and I think that's pretty much all that we have for this week's update. Do you guys have anything else that you want to mention from the update? Not really. I think uh, that covers it. I think we covered it. And in traditional form, we do rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. So what would you guys rate this week's update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between 1 and 5? 1 being it's really, really bad, and 5 being that it is an amazing update. You like spicy tuna or sushi, Josh? Uh, love me some good sushi, but uh, spicy tuna, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. Yeah. You guys don't have spicy t- good spicy tuna in the UK? Uh, maybe not, no. Rip. <laughs> we get really good spicy tuna up in New York because we're right yeah, by the coast. Yeah, it's not too bad. So we get it fresh. Nice. Depending on the day that you go. So yeah, no. I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm gonna dock it three points for the three weapons that I like that they nerfed. <laughs> um, and that was uh, Whisper, Sleeper, and Ace of Spades. So that is a two spicy tuna roll for me. Yeah, I think two spicy tuna rolls. Uh, for it's lots, lots of uh sad and unfortunate news about those about those nerfs that yeah they might be fair but uh still it's kind of it's kind of rough to hear i guess yeah yeah you never you never want to hear that <laughs> that no. and like a bunch of them are in there and it's like oh here we go just set us up for this bad news yeah like thank thank god you're doing it two weeks before the season comes out so so if there's any you know solace in that then okay so here's my thoughts on this we have several elements of this weekly update the first one talks about season of opulence sandbox changes and i understand the need for some of these things but at the same time i don't know if the answer is necessarily go nerf the weapons that people chased after for those specific perks and the things that made them special if anything it shows that bungie still has not figured out how to properly balance their game and at the consequence we are the ones who suffer because of this because our favorite weapons change in ways that we remember them as being the very best but we can never go back there 
right? And that's never a good feeling to have. And it sucks when they can't get it right and they have to go back and retune things. And I appreciate them being honest about it, but it sounds like there's a lot more changes that are coming to the game. This is just the beginning. And it's coming at a time when there's not a lot of new content in the game with a lot of competition being out there already and a lot more coming in the next few months so it's going to be interesting to see how everything transpires but also remember we have new content coming on june 4th with season of opulence and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of changes that are coming to the game so maybe they have a plan for how they can make the destiny experience better and if the game will be better because of these changes, I understand it. And I'm going on a rant right now. I know I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I don't like overall these sandbox changes. I think that they messed with my one of my favorite exotics, The Whisper. And I think it sucks. Um, so I'm going to give this update a 2 out of 10. A 2 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls i did like yeah. the trevor shirt i did like that but uh there wasn't really much of anything else in this update besides preparing us for the worst <laughs> so uh you know but it's not too bad it's not all bad yep. so guys we have come to the time now where we pretty much end the show We've talked about so many things. And Josh, thank you so much for being on with us. We really appreciate your time. We had an absolute blast chatting with you and learning more about you and talking about the next season of Opulence. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for letting me come here and uh, talk to you guys. It's been fun. Yeah, and, and dude, before we wrap things up for the evening, where can we all learn more about you? Yeah, I'm uh, chilling on Twitter uh, most of the time. Um, uh, Josh Hunt on Twitter uh, hit me up if you have any questions or is there anything uh, you think there's anything interesting I should know very cool and Shadow Price where can we learn more about you you can uh, also follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and Twitch on Twitch at twitch.tv slash IamShadowPrice Awesome. And you can learn more about me at OMG Cornholio on Twitter. You can find the Destiny Show podcast at the Destiny Show on Twitter. You can find us at destinyshow.com and you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and more. And uh, we thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. We have a lot more exciting things planned for you in the weeks to come. We have more fun and exciting guests planned for the next month ahead and more exciting things to come in Destiny. And we cannot wait to see you out there, Guardians. And thank you so much for listening.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.